Blog Talk Radio. The following program is brought to you by Bread and Roses, feminist news and public affairs on KBOO Community Radio in Portland, Oregon, since 1978 the longest-running feminist radio program in the country. We are now proud to bring our women-produced programming to Sylvia Global Media Network. Welcome to Bread and Roses. I'm Delphine Crescenzo, your host this evening. Bread and Roses is a collective of women-identified radio activists bringing you feminist news and public affairs programming. Women have had this forum since 1978, therefore making Bread and Roses the longest-running feminist show in the nation. Tonight, I have the great pleasure to play for you an interview I conducted with Fiona Musumba, during which we discussed the barriers to girls' education in rural Kenya and what her organizations, the Malkia Empowerment Network and the Center for Disadvantaged Girls, are doing to empower girls. Fiona Musumba is the founder and executive director for the Center for Disadvantaged Girls and the Malkia Empowerment Network. She's a journalist and a correspondent from Walt, for WorldPulse, Global Media Action Network. When asked why she founded these organizations, Fiona says, quote, have a burning passion for the needy and less privileged in society, not because I have much since I got nothing, but because I have been through a lot of suffering all my life as a young girl and even as a mother. It is with this in mind that I set up the Center for Disadvantaged Girls. She wants the center to be a heaven where women come for solace and where they can not only dream again, but also nurture their dreams to fruition. The Center for Disadvantaged Girls has a vision to create a place where girls, women, and youth in society can identify with their very own and together uh, prepare themselves to face the world responsibly, not only financially, but also educationally, health-wise, and socially. Fiona envisions a future where, quote, women don't have to walk tens of kilometers to fetch a few liters of water, a future where women will be given equal rights to education and leadership posts as men, where our kids don't die for lack of food and medical attention, end of quote. I spoke with Fiona on the phone from Kenya, and I started by asking her 
what led her to start the Center for Disadvantaged Girls and the Malkia Empowerment Network. I wanted to uh, welcome you to Bread and Roses. Let me start by asking you um, if you could explain a little bit uh, why you founded the um, Malkia Empowerment Network and the Center for Disadvantaged Girls. And I believe one is out of the other, so if you could explain how both of them relate together. Okay, uh, when I started out with uh, the Center for Disadvantaged Girls, it was one of the idea of keeping girls in school because a lot of poverty keeps uh, girls out of school. There are many dropouts together with other different factors that keep them from school. So my idea was uh, I assigned myself the responsibility to make their lives in the community better empower them with an education so that they can fit better in the society. Key Empowerment Network, it was born of CDG. When we started out, uh, we didn't have Malkia, mm-hmm. but then CDG was, uh, Malkia came about as our, I used to train women, they came, and then they would make uh, bags out of sisal, uh, sisal fiber and uh, polythene papers. And out of them, we would sell. So they made a little money out of the the sales of the bags for their own families. And then the, the, the remaining amount went towards the fees of the girls. So I saw that instead of just having the CDG, because Malkia was coming on stronger than a CDG, mm. so I decided it's better if Malkia was on its own and uh, CDG again was on its own. Because uh, in the Malkia, we empower women with uh, skills for enterprise development because they don't only need, uh, they don't only make those baskets and other crafts. They also do some knitting, some tailoring, and other vocational courses. And uh, we also have microfinance and others in which they uh, partake. And then uh, they... The 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 profit the proceeds from whatever they do helps empower the, them financially and economically. And um, I'm curious as to what uh, Malkia actually means and why you picked that uh, term uh, to name your empowerment network. Okay, Malkia is a Swahili word, which basically means queen. I chose this name because I felt it was the most appropriate for the women I work with. Because these are women who have been looked down upon for years and who usually have nothing to their name at the time of making contact with me. 90% of these women regain their self-esteem and flourish to become better and more useful members of society. That's why Queen is, could be the best name for them. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> let's talk a little bit more about the Center for Disadvantaged Girls, um, CDG. And I was wondering if you can describe the five pillars and the importance um, of each of them really to um, help change the situation of girls uh, in Kenya. Okay. The five pillars for the Center for Disadvantaged Girls are education and training, poverty eradication, women's health, women empowerment, and social enterprise development. So in education and training, we empower girls with education, with quality modern education, 
and uh, here young ladies are also empowered with vocational training. We do this in order to prepare them to face the modern day job market mm. as literate women because uh, most of the population at, uh, in our community is basically illiterate. So it's not easy for one to get jobs in the county offices and such. And uh, as per poverty eradication, we try our best to minimize poverty levels in the lives of every, everyone we enroll into the program. We do this by entrenching them into systems that change their financial lives, like small businesses and even finding them work, which they can do in exchange for some money to live on. While at the same time, we aid them along with their children in terms of empowering them with education. Mm. This ensures that they meet their basic human needs. This means that uh, if we have some women who are, uh, those women who are in the center, and then they have children who are in school. Mm. So instead of leaving all the burden to them, in as much as these women benefit from the center, we still ease their burden of school fees by empowering their children in education. And then in women's health, we have that pillar because of the high level levels of poverty in our community, mm. where many women find it a Hasbillian task just accessing medical attention of any kind. We usually work with the area district hospital, which provides free maternal child health together with health education, where women are taught how to take care of not only themselves, but also their children, mm. at, during, and after birth. This reduces maternity and infant mortality rates. These classes also serve to lower the risk of fistula, a condition that afflicts many women in our community, especially those women who give birth at home. Mm. These village women are also given lessons about hygiene and a balanced diet for not only themselves but their whole families too. We also engage them in training classes for our village midwives and empower them with skills in safe childbirth practices which they, they employ in their work when expectant mothers cannot access hospital facilities for one reason or another. And uh, about uh, the fourth pillar for the CDG, which is women empowerment, mm -hmm. most of the, uh, the population in our projects come from the poorest of the poor. So we impart skills to them, which ensures that they have a level competing ground with their well-to-do peers when it comes to development matters in the community. <clears throat> we believe that with a level playground, these women get empowered in terms of self-esteem, financially and educationally, which gives them the clout with which to have a say in what kind of a community they want in terms of leadership and also economically. Now about our fifth and last pillar, which is the social enterprise development, we work with girls and women from the poorest of the poor backgrounds together with those affected and or infected with HIV and AIDS. We believe that anyone can improve their lot in life given the chance and opportunity. Mm -hmm. Here we provide opportunities for these women to engage in social activities like interacting and socializing to share their experiences. Our success in this pillar is the mini microfinance the women engage in in groups of 20. Mm. So we have uh, about 10 groups of 20 women each, and these women pool together their resources, their money, in table banking, 
And uh, with this money they have pulled together, they loan each other. Uh, these loans are repaid at an interest of 10%. Mm-hmm. The women usually meet on the 10th of every month for the same. With these small loans, they are able to start or boost small businesses, which they use to sustain their families. Mm-hmm. Um, so your idea is really to empower both the girls and, and the women. Sometimes they are mother-daughters. Um, and and um, can you describe um, uh, where your um, center is located, like what area of and what uh, community in Kenya you're serving? And also, who are the girls uh, and women that you are working with? Okay, we work with bright girls from the poorest backgrounds. Mm. So every day, many girls in my community drop out of school due to lack of fees, which is occasioned by poverty, traditional beliefs and customs, or even gender discrimination. Mm. Most of these girls are usually bright and could perform very well, given a chance to pursue their education. We give them this chance to better their lot in life. And um, um, what, what, where, geographically, where is the community that you work in? Is it a rural community, an urban community? Is it how big is it? Okay, we are located in rural Kenya. Mm-hmm. Uh, we in Western Kenya, actually, Vihiga County. We serve the wider Vihiga County because. Uh, we don't believe in uh, just doing it for one village because even if you kill poverty in one village, as long as it's the same, uh, there's still a lot of poverty in the next village, you won't have felt anything. So we just basically help any girl from uh, around the Vihiga County. And uh, Vihiga County is one of the counties of Western Province in Kenya, where, where there are uh, around uh, five other counties. Mm-hmm. So we basically concentrate on Vihiga County for now, mm-hmm. and uh, if we can afford it in future, we'd like to serve the wider Western province, and then maybe in the very far future, maybe we can serve the whole country and later even the whole of Africa. Yes. <laughs> You're listening to Bread and Roses. I'm Delphine Crescenzo, and tonight I'm playing for you an interview with Fiona Masumba grassroots women leader from rural Kenya, the founder and executive director of the Center for Disadvantaged Girls and the Melkia Empowerment Network. She's a journalist and a correspondent for Walpole's Global Media Action Network. I interviewed Fiona last week on the phone from um, Kenya. She was in Kenya. I was not, unfortunately. And I went on to ask Fiona about her personal story and why she values uh, girls' education so much. I know a little bit of, of your own personal story and, and really what drove you to um, to found the Center for Disadvantaged Girls. I was wondering if you would share um, a little bit about, you know, your own life and experiences um, and how you became empowered uh, to then empower other women and other girls in your community. Okay, I got married young after dropping out of school due to lack of school fees myself which was to facilitate my, my last year of high school. I was only 17 years old when I married my first boyfriend. In five years, I was already a mother of two, and life was so hard that meeting my family's basic needs was next to impossible because my husband did not have a job either. Mm. So one day I approached my brother-in-law for a small loan, 
Though at the time it seemed like a very huge amount. And then he gave me the 2,000 Kenya shillings. I accompanied a friend who, had, who, who I had earlier talked to, to a local market. So I bought a small sack of onions and started selling them to meet my family's friends. Every evening, I used to collect the discarded vegetables and fruits that couldn't be sold in the market, and I would take them home to my family because they were edible. So we used to eat that. So my business didn't pay off. Since I realized that I was only making a profit that couldn't sustain us, and soon enough I incurred losses to the extent that I gave it all up. It was as I was making the long trek home after closing my first ever business that it suddenly hit me that I had been unlucky that far because of lack of an education. That night, as I explained to my husband that I didn't have a business anymore, I also suggested that he help me register for my final high school exams as a private candidate. My aim was to arm myself with some form of qualification with which to bargain for any kind of job. Mm. He borrowed the registration fee from his cousin, and when the results came, despite being a stay-at-home mother, wife, and student, I passed well. <laughs> I got a sponsor who agreed to pay for my college education, which was a diploma in mass communication, where I met uh, a lady who was called Lindy Wafula. She is, by the way, a World Pulse member, because I joined her first, uh, it was her first business by that time. It was the School of Media Studies. And she also became my mentor. Hmm. But getting a job after college was so hard, since there were only three ways to get one. You, you, could, you would either sleep with the boss, have someone you knew inside, or buy the job. Since I couldn't afford any of those, armed with my knowledge, I became a freelancer, doing any odd job I got. It was with the passion with which my mentor did her work that inspired me. So together with my sister dying of HIV and AIDS in 2007, and watching my first son, who was uh, two and a half years old, die in my arms because I couldn't afford any medical attention, and uh, there was also a lot of hunger in my house. That propelled me to set up the Center for Disadvantaged Girls. Havenoya, uh, girls and young women, uh, which is still on education, poverty and education, poverty eradication, social and community development, women empowerment and women's health, where young women can find solace and at least pursue their goals in life successfully. So having recently joined World Pulse, a forum where I got to raise my voice as one of the voices of our future for 2013, I have a much greater vision where we will all be empowered with education with which to crumble those my mountains I I passed through in my life. Mm. Yeah, I'm so sorry to hear about your son. That's uh It's okay. Yeah, very sad story. I'm I'm curious as to um how easy or how difficult it was to convince your husband that you needed to go to school. It was not really difficult because uh, he really wanted me to go to school, mm. but then he didn't have money at the time. So when I just felt that I really needed to go, he didn't have any objections, and uh, he is so pro-education because everything I've been doing at the center, 
he has been doing it right beside me as I do my odd jobs. He does his own, and then we pull together whatever we have, and then we send girls to school. So it was not hard convincing him that I needed an education. Mm-hmm. So he is definitely on board with understanding um, how important it is to uh, educate girls. Um, would you say that um, in in Kenya, uh, boys' education is um, uh, given a priority over girls' education? Okay, boys are valued more than girls in our communities because they believe these boys become future heads of the household. Mm-hmm. So a father would rather sell even sell off even his whole piece of land and remain only with a small part of the house and educate his son, who he believes will buy him another piece of land. So they believe they, they have farms at their husband's places, so they don't really need an education. But uh, boys need it more than girls because uh, our people believe girls have it all done for them. We believe that the girls have uh, already a husband somewhere who is already wealthy. Mm-hmm. And uh, it doesn't mean uh, wealthy in Africa or in Kenya in my community is not described in terms of money. It's only described in the number of cows, goats, chickens, mm-hmm. and the size of land that one has. So most of the parents here believe that it's better to educate a boy than a girl who will just get married off and get his her husband who has been educated elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So they believe that uh, the, the the boy gets uh, educated for both himself and the girl. Yeah. And can you tell us yeah. why you believe that actually girls should also get an education? And talk a little bit about um, why girls drop out of school in, in rural Kenya and New County. So I believe uh, the major cause of girls dropping out of school in Kenya is poverty mm. more than anything else. Education has become a luxury of the rich because the harsh economic times at the moment decree that it, it is now too expensive to afford a meal a day, let alone paying school fees. Teenage pregnancies also play quite a substantial role in dropping out of school, although menstruation plays its part in primary school. Young girls who are stigmatized in school during their menses end up too scared to go to school because some end up feeling as though they are cast. So the, those play a great role in dropping uh, girls drop out of school. Mm-hmm. The Center for Disadvantaged Girls, <clears throat> what we do is uh, we provide a packet of sanitary towels to every girl, every girl who has started her menses every mm-hmm. month. Mm-hmm. Because if we don't do that, they spend at least five, uh, four days in a month out of school, and uh, this way they miss quite a lot. So we ensure that they get that because it's also hygienic to use those sanitary towels. And using uh, the crude methods they use, there. those who sit on sand and wait for the flow to at least reduce and be swallowed by the sand. And then there are some girls who use uh, old uh, pieces of cloth which are not really clean. Mm-hmm. And then they recycle them. And because there is this poverty, they don't even have the soap with which to wash the pieces of cloth, mm. meaning that they just dry them, they just rinse them out, 
dry them and then uh, they reuse them next time. This has been causing quite a lot of diseases. Mm. So that's why we came up with the sanitary towels uh, program where we ensure that at least they have something. And then it was so hard uh, trying it out because so many of them, even their parents, had never seen sanitary towels before. So it was just a Hakimian task, teaching them how it is done and everything. So, But now it's okay because at least they teach each other and then uh, uh, we don't have that problem anymore. Mm. Although it's just hard accessing the sanitary towels because they are expensive and we have so many girls who need them. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us, um, on average, like what's the price of a package that you give to the girls? Like, how much does that cost in the store? On average, we use uh, we we provide one packet. Mm-hmm. So one packet here costs like uh, approximately one dollar. Okay. For one packet of bags, yeah. Mm. Um, that would be always. Yeah, I think that uh, there's just so much, you know, in um, the United States that we take for granted. And it's also very interesting because there's also a trend um, here in the United States that some people go back to cloth, you know, towels that, you know, they wash and then reuse, um, you know, to try to prevent waste. But, you know, they also have the luxury of having the soap to wash them. Um I'm wondering if you could talk about, you know, why is girls' education um, important? Uh, why should we educate girls? Okay, my own experience has taught me that educating a girl is very important because this is an investment that will never be lost. Girls born to educate their siblings and transform the general outlook of the family in terms of finances and development. At the Center for Disadvantaged Girls, in as much as we empower girls educationally, we don't forget their brothers mm. because they fail in the same boat. I believe that when you educate a boy, you educate a man. When you educate a girl, you educate the universe. And when you educate both, you educate humanity. Mm. By establishing girl power clubs in participating schools, which submit monthly progress reports to our office, we are able to gauge how our performance rates in the lives of these girls. We form focus group discussions about the before, during, and after period of all our beneficiaries in the community to know if we have positively impacted their lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like the, the idea of those uh, girl power clubs that, that you, are, you are starting at the, the Center for Disadvantaged Girls. What are some of the other uh, ways that you try to make a difference? So we, we we make sure that uh, because uh, well, the major things that uh, keep girls from school include uh, lack of fees, mm-hmm. we provide that, lack of sanitary pads, we provide that, lack of food, we pay for them in, to eat in school mm-hmm. because maybe that would be the only meal they had for that day. So we make sure that we pay for the we pay for them in the feeding program. We pay 300 shillings per, per child per term. That is 100 shillings per month. So that they can eat in school. So this motivates them to learn because they know if I stay at home, I won't have anything to eat. But if I go to school, I will have a meal there 
mm-hmm. and they will have uh, hit two birds with one stone because they will kill it and then land. You're listening to Bread and Roses. I'm Delphine Crichenzo. Tonight I'm playing for you an interview, an interview with Fiona Masumba, grassroots women leader from rural Kenya, the founder and executive director of the Center for Disadvantaged Girls and the Melkia Empowerment Network. She's a journalist and a correspondent for World Pulse. I interviewed Fiona last week on the phone. Uh, she was in Kenya, and I asked her about how her organization uh, contributes to uh, financially empower women and girls in her community. And uh, on top of um, girls' education, I mean, for you, you really are looking at the long term, right? And as you uh, talked a little bit earlier, you also have in parallel the uh, Malkia Empowerment Network that's also working with women. And so after um, you focus on education, you also have a focus on um, fighting poverty and HIV, AIDS, and um, really, I was wondering if you can talk about um, how do you how do you help the girls, um, you know, with equip them with the knowledge and the skills that they need in order to fight poverty and to avoid um, um, getting HIV, AIDS, or if they already have it, um, uh, to live a healthier life with it. Okay, we ensure that all willing young women who dropped out of school because of poverty-related reasons get another chance to finish their education. Mm. We also do this by offering counseling to young women in regard to issues affecting their sexuality, economic, and social lifestyles. We also provide a forum to make new friends and guiding mentors, and uh, we also provide uh, financial support and services to members to uplift their living standards. We enforce hard work both inside and outside the classroom, and uh, we also provide money-making skills to the women and youth in the society, in the community. And where our members are HIV positive Mm. or living with the virus, what we do, we empower them with knowledge that having HIV is not the end of the world, that uh, they uh, they still get to live a full life that uh, they can live with the virus and then uh, continue being productive. And uh, we just basically empower them with the knowledge not to spread the virus and not to get reinfected. Why do you think that this is so important to um, uh, educate them also on um, how to be uh, economically independent? Okay, I believe that uh, an economically independent person would be more productive, more at ease, and uh, just have a better outlook on life than someone who is more dependent on every uh, somebody else. That's why we we usually try our best to employ the hand-up policy as opposed to the handout mm. policy. We don't give out handouts. We, I believe in teaching them how to fish as opposed to giving them the fish. Um, I'm curious, um, you've been sharing so much about all the different services that you provide and um, all the, the the different ways that you try to um, encourage um, education. Where do you get your funds to uh, empower these young girls and women? Okay, right now we don't have any donors. We haven't had any 
funds from outside for the last uh, 13 years that we've been in existence. Mm. But uh, what we basically do, I do my odd jobs. My husband does his, and uh, we sell the craft at the center, and uh, we meet our needs. It's not a high-profile thing as it sounds, but we just make ends meet. Mm. We just um, make do with the bare, bare minimum. We just make do with the basics. How many uh, girls and boys are is the center um, helping? Okay, we right now, as uh, in this year, we have 327 students, mixed boys and girls, in uh, school. Mm. And uh, we have 541 women. And uh, we have 72 youth, uh, young men, that is. Mm-hmm. They are uh, yeah, they're not really grown men, and they are not. They are just barely out of boyhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a lot they're of. Uh, that's a lot of people you are helping. <laughs> I believe in uh, what we do. We believe in working as a community. Mm-hmm. We work together. Like if I have something to eat and I can spare a little, and my my neighbor here is uh, starving. I eat with them. So we just make sure that if this one has something to use today, tomorrow the other one will wait, and then we'll, we feed each other that way. And then as for school, I have an agreement with the schools, uh, the heads of the schools, such that they give us time to look for the school fees. They just don't send our children out of school because uh, when they are sent home, at least there is a group that remains such that by the time the, this other group is going back, we have already made some school fees for the other group. That's how they rotate. Mm-hmm. And how much does yeah. it cost for um, education? I don't know. Is it like a monthly fee or something like that? How much? How much is that for one child? Okay. Well, uh, for primary school, it basically costs a hundred dollars per year. Per year. Because this is together with their food and uh, the and the other supplies, together mm-hmm. with their uniforms, because we also supply uniforms. Because if they don't have uniforms, then they be bullied in school. They stand out. They don't look like the others. So together with everything in primary school, it costs like a uh, hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. And then when we come to secondary school, we have three levels of. Uh, three categories of secondary school. We have those who do so well. They go to national school, which roughly costs us around $500 per year per child. And then those who go to provincial school, it costs us like $400 per year. And then uh, for the lower district school, it costs us like $300. Hmm. So basically it's $300. 400 and 500 for high school per kid and then for primary school they uh, they spend like a hundred dollars mm-hmm. per, per child per year does the um, kenyan government also um uh subsidize some of the education or is it all uh, a burden for the family you know when we started out it was in the other government and it was a bit it was easier mm. because by then it was not uh, 
It was now the hard life. It is right now the hard just introduced free primary education. So for educating uh, in the primary, we didn't really have any problem at all. But then uh, we came to the, this new government, uh, the one that has the coming. They told us they were coming. They told us they were going to give us totally the education, but the education overheads they brought with the education, it became more expensive mm. than when we thought we were paying school. So what we, we didn't choose to pay for, we had to pay for. Because we never used to buy extra, any exercise books and uh, textbooks. Mm -hmm. But then uh, right now, you have to buy everything for your child. And then uh, you have to buy every year, although they don't give them the textbooks you buy. They say they keep, the, they keep them in the library. But then you pay for the library fee. Mm. For the books, uh, they, they just give you the... You buy the books and then the books are kept in the library, so mm. your kid uh, has to access them from there, which is not very economically wise. So it's better if it's uh, in a day school, which is this district school, which uh, costs uh, like $300 per child, because then you will know that the books you bought are being put to use. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so it sounds like um, as a family, as you are um, in trying to provide what your family needs, not only do you have to plan for, you know, food and housing and clothing, but you also then have to make sure that you save enough money for um, for school fees. And, you know, if you have more than one child, then that can add up a lot. Yeah. I'm curious if you would, um, you know, describe... Um, the the young ladies, the young girls that um, that you work with, uh, what does it feel like, um, you know, to walk around a group of them? You know, how how do they interact with with each other, and and uh, what are their dreams? What do they want for the future? Okay, I walk through the center for disadvantaged girls. Leaves me sighing in relief that out of my efforts. Many girls are spared the agony of going through what I went through to be where I am right now. I interact with almost all of them, and a picture comes to mind of how I felt in the same situation years ago. Most of these ladies are girls yearning to change their lot in life. Girls to whom education matters more than the air they breathe. They are girls with dreams to change the world. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and uh you are just um such an amazing role model. It sounds like you and your husband are really dedicated um to bringing change to your community and I'm sure you are um you know empowering so many um so many others in your community um to do what's best. Thank you. <laughs> so um so what's next for um um the Center for Disadvantaged Girls what uh, what are your long-term goals? I mean, you shared earlier you you wanted to expand to the whole of Africa, um, but for the next you know year maybe, what are what are your goals? Okay, next on the Center for Disadvantaged Girls agenda is to register it as an NGO. Mm. But uh, because right now we are operating as a CBO, we want to register it as an NGO, but name it Malke Empowerment Network. Since then, all our charges will be queens. Among our long-term goals is to buy a sizable piece of land mm. on which to build a vocational college complex. This college will offer marketable courses for the youth. 
in mass communication, computer studies, carpentry, tailoring, catering, and masonry, among others. We also hope to build a hospital which will provide quality, affordable medical care to our suffering community, which is too poor to access medical attention when ill. Because most people actually wait for death. When you are ill, they just lie you in your sitting room, and then they wait for, they watch as you die, because they can't afford to take you to hospital. Mm. And I'm so hoping that one day we can have a radio and television station, which will address issues that affect the girl child in Kenya, vis-a-vis the girl child around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, sounds yeah. to me that uh, the name of your center should be um, the Center for Empowered Girls. <laughs> okay, we can. Uh, it sounds nice to Center for Empowered Girls. Yeah, sounds okay. Because you just do so much to empower them, so I don't think they are disadvantaged anymore as soon as you've entered their lives. <laughs> We try to do the best we can. Mm. Well, you're doing, you're doing amazing. Um, you know, I'd love for you Thank to you. share um, uh, with people um, who are listening to this program how they could get in touch with you if they wanted to learn more about the center, if they wanted to donate potentially, um, um, so that um, you know you can buy land and and and, and start expanding all across Africa. <laughs> Okay, I think uh, the best way in nature we can be contacted because we can't afford a website as such. Mm. We only rely on our Facebook fan page. Yeah. We can be reached via the Asafal for Women website. There is our page there. We can find it there. And anyone who wants to reach me can reach me there. Mm-hmm. And to your Walt Pulse account uh, profile, which, um, by the way, has... Um, quite a few articles that go very much in depth um, about um, some of the challenges um, that girls face that we've been discussing today, uh, including a very informative uh, video that you made um, uh, that explains uh, really the issue around uh, menstruation and um, and the difficulty um, to access sanitary towels uh, for girls. Thank you. Um, did you want? Did you have any last words that you wanted to share with the audience, uh, Fiona? Okay, what I can say is that we are all placed on this earth for a reason. We we are either here to make good, to make better, or to make it the, the best we can. Mm. So I believe we should try our best to be better than the best. Yeah, <laughs> that's very well said. Um, I want to thank you so much um, for taking the time out of your day um, uh, to speak with us uh, today. Thank you. We really appreciate it. We needed to be heard, and now we have gotten that platform. We really appreciate it. Well, this is Brad and Roses. I'm Delphine Crescenzo. And um, tonight I play for you an interview with um, Fiona Masumba, grassroots women leader from rural Kenya. She's the founder and executive director of the Center for Disadvantaged Girls and the Malkia Empowerment Network. She's a journalist and a correspondent for World Pulse uh, Global Media Action Network. You can learn more about um, the Center for Disadvantaged Girls and the Malkia Empowerment Network by liking their page on Facebook. You can look for Malkia Empowerment Network, and uh, this is where you will find 
them on Facebook, and you can also read uh, Fiona's article on WorldPulse.com. That's W-O-R-L-D-P-U-L-S-E.com. Thank you for tuning in tonight to Brad and Roses. Brad and Roses is a collective of women-identified radio activists bringing you feminist news and public affairs programming. Tune in Friday at 6 p.m. for another great show. The fabulous Della Ray will be your host. Have a great week, everyone. Oh